0: From a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine
1: and everything in between, this is Legends Look Back. Good evening everybody, here we are ready for Legends Look Back. As you can tell with the shelves, oh, the shelves, no, other way, shelves behind me. Uh, I've been packing up my Star Wars collection. It's getting quite bare over there. There's not a whole lot left on the shelves. I, for some reason, started in the bottom right and was working my way up toward the top left. I started with, like, the Fate of the Jedi series and was uh, working my way backward and then shifted over some, you know, just for the decorations. But kind of a sad feeling to box up all the books. Now, I'd like some input from you guys tonight. I'm going to have my Star Wars collection boxed up for over a month. Over a month, you know, it's already mostly boxed up at this point. I'm going to be moving into the new house uh, mid-January. Here's the question. For Christmas break, I'm going to have about two weeks there where I'm off work before I start my new job. Great time to read some Star Wars books. If you were me, what would you do? How many physical, actual Star Wars books should I pack in suitcases versus how how much of this should I just go ahead and box them all up and put them in storage until (laughs) until the time is right? (laughs) It's like a real dilemma. I really don't know what to do. Hmm. What would you do, yeah, Freddie? W-
0: that's one of those things where definitely having the Kindle, going the Emily route, uh, having the Kindle on hand with any book available is is very nice. But you definitely want at least one or two Trues of Bakura's by your side at all times.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to read <laughs> Trues of Bakura, Freddie. I read it last year. I don't need to read it again this year. Do uh... you reread it yearly, <laughs> Freddie? Every year?
0: Uh, maybe... Uh, you know, every every two years, maybe I'll get back into it. Uh, I'm on a three year hiatus right now, so I might dig back into into that book. There's no the way that's year.
1: true. Didn't we do it? Uh, early 2020. You on know, Legends Look Back.
0: I read spots here and there, and it it, it refreshes my memory. But I haven't done a full read through in a long time.
1: Wait for when we did Tristan Bakura, you didn't do a full read through. You, you fooled the,
0: me, Fred. I read. <laughs> I read the beginnings. I remember the middle and I remember and I I read the end just for, you know, just to remember.
1: And then Uh, i tell you a few details along the way that you'd forgotten. So you've got genuine surprise on the show. You know, see if you could do that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I'm discovering something about mine and Freddie's relationship. What other secrets has Freddie been keeping from me? Let me know in the chat. Let me know what you (laughs) think. Um, I, I, I do that pretty much with Dark Empire every two to three years. I reread it and. It gets better every time. I mean, it's aging really well. Aging. Ooh, I got somebody a fun Dark Empire themed Christmas present, mm. and it's not myself, so I can't mm. tell you. We'll wait until we do the Utini Secret Santa thing. But uh, my thought was, what would I want? And I got them that. So <laughs> I a love it. way to give. Great way to <laughs> give nice. gifts. Uh, so what I have done at this particular point is I have put in the front pocket of my suitcase the ho- uh, the life day collective you know the one that Kevin just wrote the uh the short stories or is it george Mann? you know i'm talking about the life the holiday book with short stories in it yeah it's got wookies on the cover what's it called
2: um the, the life day
1: special anyway yeah yeah, yeah. I, I got it and i'm <laughs> waiting because i wanted to read it over christmas break it came out in like september it's way too early so uh, i've saved it got it ready got star wars insider the fiction collection volume two in there because it fits so nicely in the very top mm. sleeve of a suitcase you know what i mean mm-hmm. um it's very thin very thin and also durable because it's a hardcover then i've got uh, that reading the uh, the han solo trilogy i've got uh this bad boy here. I think it's going in a box because I've got it on Kindle as well. Uh, it's got some, got some comics. I'm reading, hmm. reading some Power Rangers comics too. But it's very stressful um, right now. I'm thinking two paperbacks. I'll take two paperbacks with me. But regardless of how many paperbacks I end up packing, I'm very excited to have two weeks to read some Star Wars books. How about you guys? You're gonna try to get in the in over Christmas break, Freddie? There's no way you're gonna read that copy of Drusilla <laughs> correct.
0: You know, I would love to just to say I have, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine I need some uh, 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 some sort of ultra microscope to read that, that fine print.
1: Does it, le- does it legitimately have the text of the book inside?
0: Uh, it does not. That okay. would be that would be interesting. <laughs> I'm highly gullible, so legitimately, <laughs> well, had to ask. I mean, gullible. there is text on the book that, that you can read, like, it is fairly clear
1: what's uh, like what do you think is a good estimate for how many books how many <laughs> legends books or like i would count a, a trade paperback of a comic like you know a full story how many do you think i can read over christmas break like you know i'm what? not working totally off work for two weeks
3: you're moving
1: <laughs> i'm moving but this will be between moves so like we're going to my uh, to family's house for christmas all my stuff's going to be in storage And then I start my job. So we're arriving January twenty third, December twenty third, and then I move uh, January second to start my new job. So I've got.
3: How many times have you moved in your life? Like, how? What's your expectation of how much time you'll actually have?
1: (laughs) All my stuff's going to be in storage. Like, it's it's everything's packed. I can't be packing anymore. I'm packing right now. Look at the boxes, Emily. (laughs) Look at the boxes. I, all my stuff's going to be in storage. I can't do anything. I'm going to need Star Wars books to read. That's true. I'm also going to build a table, so that's the thing.
3: Hmm.
0: Okay,
1: Jared. I'm thinking let's, ten. Ten let's days, see. I think I can read a book a day.
0: You think you can do a book a, a day? Book I was
1: going to say, no, I was gonna no, say not, five no, books. No, yeah, no, yeah, probably not. As soon as I said it, I was like, I'm not going to work. Emily, what you got?
3: One. Just set the bar low. <laughs> One that's book. My new, that's my new. No way. Motto. Set the bar Just, low.
0: Jared, here get one
3: in, and then just I, I could tie see. yourself on the back. Any more than that,
0: I could see about yeah. one every other day.
1: Every other day, I, I typically will take three days if I'm reading a hardcore to read like a full Legends book. Um, wow, yeah, like 100 pages a day, 300 pages. You're
3: gonna have to run us through like a schedule when you fit that in. I would love to know. Yes, yeah. coming yeah. up <laughs>
1: on the next episode of Legends Look Back, you'll get yeah. uh, sounds good, full rundown, or maybe. In like mid January, once I finally have a studio again and we can record mm. a show, <laughs> but we. A nice, I a as nice of now, of though some on of my side. books, though some of my books have been packed. Uh, hey, we still have a studio for tonight. We still have an episode of Legends Look Back, and as you can see by the Django Fed helmet, is that Django or Boba Freddie? I'm colorblind. That's
0: Django right there.
1: As, yeah, I could just tell. But the Django Fed helmet behind Freddie, we are going to be talking about some. <laughs> Fetacular. I was thinking like fantastic. And then I went the tacular route and I'm regretting oh, it.
2: Hey, I'm fetish? Nope. Nope, nope not that one. <laughs> Some
1: great well. Legends comics tonight. So before this gets any weirder, Rick starts the show. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Legends Look Back, proudly part of the Utini Podcast Network. This is a Star Wars books podcast where even though there was just a huge brand new High Republic video game trailer. We're going to talk about uh, Star Wars comics from 10 years ago, where we, of course, always talk about. Um, we celebrate our rich EU history as well as dive into lesser known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays, and I'm joined tonight by the biggest Phet fan in the galaxy himself, Freddie C. What do you mean there's
0: dinosaurs in this book? <laughs> Is... Uh... <laughs> Is what Skuma said in the chat. If you're listening live, you will hang out with us. But uh trusubakura, man, it's all over my tree. <laughs> <laughs> and you gave me some some uh insight here. I, I might have to read it. I'm gonna do I'm gonna read it this Christmas break for
1: sure. Absolutely. Well, great full thing. Good for you. I'm not. <laughs> you know who else is probably not? Because he prefers to collect the books than read them. Rick Grace. How are you, Rick?
2: <laughs> it hurts. That hurts. <laughs> I'm just gonna stop the show there and yeah. Um, I probably will not read Truce of Picura this Christmas break, but it is on my list for sure. Freddie keeps hyping it, so I'm pretty excited about it. And I totally missed the Higher Public game news, and I love the Higher Public, so I'm gonna have to go watch that hopefully after the show. Um, and not during the show, we'll see how our no, Rick, don't
1: do it. <laughs> I, I'm not watching the Steelers game, though it's live right now, so yeah. you know, if I'm skipping that, you can skip this.
2: Well, I'm also missing a hockey game, so if we're making score here, then, you know.
1: If we're keeping score, (laughs) hockey has a lower score than football, so I win, right? You know who else wins? Just for being on the show, Emily Daybeck. How are you,
2: Emily?
3: (laughs) I'm doing well. We are in full-on holiday bake mode in my house. And uh, the other night, I told my husband I wanted to eat my weight in Christmas cookies. And so he kind of called me on it and calculated exactly how many cookies (laughs) I would need to eat (laughs) in order to eat my weight. So drop that number, drop your guess in the chat, and um whoever gets the closest will get a shout out. This
1: nice. sounds dangerous, Emily. Isn't it a thing? Like you're never supposed to guess a woman's weight.
3: Well, that's what it's a weight in cookies, not pounds. It's
1: different.
2: Yeah, it's different. <laughs>
1: a and in I'm cookies. pregnant. So, so
3: like who even knows how much I weigh?
1: Yeah,
2: there's two people, right? I'm
1: thinking there's two. I'm thinking this could go one of two ways. One, we need to guess like an insanely high number of cookies mm-hmm. because, after you because like in in doing so, <laughs> we're saying that that you weigh very little right so it would no hold on i'm not good at math Jared, you <laughs> should weave
0: your weight in books
1: <laughs> i'll tell you what books are heavy man yeah These legends covers yeah some of those I, reference I cannot... books man
2: they're, they're weighty
1: if y'all could have seen my pre-show set up uh it, hopefully my butt wasn't up against the camera <laughs> um I, i'm sure emily saw it. we were here early i was trying to push oh. my boxes of books around my room and i could not lift them i had to just like uh, do this thing they're heavy very heavy get i'm gonna say i'm gonna say uh i'm gonna say 1, 1, a thousand christmas cookies a thousand how many your weight your face is getting red are you getting uncomfortable with this
3: no my husband joined the chat which i thought was
1: hilarious <laughs> so he's nice.
3: actually he's here he can tell you his answer i'm not i won't be offended no matter what the guess is you can drop tw- like twenty thousand cookies doesn't matter won't offend me
2: 138
3: and uh, joe says
2: while uh, you guys are guessing, uh, that reminded me of a story. I've had to go to the doctor just for a few like checkups, like every couple of weeks for something, and they always have to weigh you in, you know. And uh, it's one of those good old manual move the little counterweight, but they always lowball it. And so I finally just started just setting it at the right starting point for them because I'm so offended <laughs> whenever to keep bumping it up. I'm like, no, here you go. That reminds Man. me of that scene in heavyweights. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: he's like, get on the scale. Get, get on the off scale. The scale.
2: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so Emily, let me ask you a question mm. here. Sure. What kind of cookie are we talking about?
3: Yeah, you know, that's an interesting question. So we're <laughs> <figured laughs>
1: cookies, right? It's the only way to go for holidays.
3: We figured most cookies are on the lighter side. So we're calculating based on about an ounce per cookie.
1: Okay. This I is a serious math. This i'm not sure I'm how much serious.
0: a cookie actually weighs but i'll go with an ounce That sounds pretty. only sounds eats
1: good. lean meats bit <laughs> like that is martial arts um, All right. what's i do funny, like my emily, ginger snaps what's, what's funny <laughs> emily is you've already told me the number yeah and i'm so selfish that i forgot it instantly oh uh, it's okay it wasn't it's a about me. number yeah
3: Well, y'all are all very flattering. We've got 1138, 755, and 864. Currently, Scuma Joe is closest to accurate. It was like 2,080 cookies that I need to eat in order to eat my weight. (laughs) So I will keep you updated on the progress as as I continue to bake and consume my weight in Christmas delight. I know
1: in my house, we're trying to eat all the food in our house before we move. Because, ah, like, food. what are we going to do? <laughs> we don't want to throw it away. We only have one more trash day till the move. That's how I'm counting. One more trash day. So, uh eating a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> it's, it's all that stuff that's been in our house for years. That we uh, specifically avoided. Years. Yes. Yeah, years, Freddie. Years.
2: Pinto beans.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, tonight we are not going to be doing any more small talk. We're getting right down to business. No more cookie counting, no more book packing talking, we're going straight to the good stuff. We are talking tonight about the, I wish I could hold up a copy, but I bought digital because, you know, trying to be savvy like that instead of accumulating more things in my house before I move, we are talking about the brand new Omnibus just recently released on November 9th from Marvel Comics, collecting exclusively Dark Horse Comics, (laughs) because legends, am I Right. Uh, this is the Boba Fett Blood Ties Anonymous. We are doing a roundtable discussion right here live on the show. This is, of course, uh, kind of an interesting book because it's not quite the Marvel Epic Collection that they've been doing. Am I right on this, Freddy? You keep up with the, with the, uh, the, the Epic Collections?
0: Yeah, um, I, I try to. It does say Epic
1: Collection, does it?
0: I, I honestly don't even know if it says Epic Collection. Uh, but I, I try to keep up with them. The thing is that they are quite hefty and they are I would, not hefty, but it's just more space, right? It's more space that I need in my bookshelf. <laughs> and that's a very limited resource.
1: You read, you read these mostly digitally at this point, right?
0: Yeah. I have a lot of, I would say I have a majority of legends comics at this point. So when an omnibus comes, I'm just like, okay, is there anything I don't have? And in most cases I have it all already. So I try not to double collect those because if it's going to be an, a, a collection of that sort, like an omnibus, it's yeah. got to be like the John Jackson Miller, right? Like,
1: yeah, the, the hardcovers, yeah,
0: hard cover. Exactly. Statement pieces, uh, something that you can get autographed and just have on your shelf and just think like, I never have to read it, but just looking at it makes me happy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Read them in a, in a, you know, read the library copy. That way, if it gets messed up, no big deal. Yeah. But uh, you got to save your collectible copy. I've been looking at – oh, oh, should I tell – I'm thinking about getting myself something with some of the, like, uh, move money. Like, you know, uh, going to profit a little bit on this house, have a little bit – I'm going to expand my collection in some ways next year. I found a, like, rare exclusive uh, Dark Empire that I didn't know existed. It's like a collectible, signed by the author, slit cover edition. It is sleek. Mm, We'll see. I don't know. I decided –
0: I feel like you and I are collecting the, the legends, the, the the rarity of legends things, right? Which was, I think, the first purchase on the show was the hat, the N64. That Shadows of
2: the Empire hat is red, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, and then we've got a, a, a rare Dark Empire. Let's That's
1: see. right. Who else can find us some,
0: get... some interesting things out there?
1: <laughs> Emily's a minimalist, so we're going to have to get her only, like, the... 13-pound omnibi, right? Exclusively. Oh, just, just so they're extra <laughs> heavy for the moves. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, this particular omnibus, I don't think qualifies as a legends epic collection. So it's it's kind of a unique book. So I'm excited to get talking about it. Yeah. Um Freddie, tell us what is inside this. So it's called the Blood Ties Omnibus, but it doesn't just have blood ties, right?
0: No, it doesn't have blood ties, it has a good amount of, of content. It has here. blood
1: ties, but it has more, more than blood ties.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it collects uh, Blood Ties from two, uh, 2010, which is uh, a four-issue 4, four issue run. And then they've got Blood Ties, Boba Fett is Dead, uh, which was uh, published in 2012. And that's also a four-issue run. Uh, Star Wars Empire 2002-7, 2000, uh, 28, Star Wars Boba Fett from 1997, uh, 1 and 2, I believe. Star Wars Boba Fett Twin Engines of Destruction, which is 1997 run, and that collects number one. Uh, Star Wars Boba Fett Agent of Doom 2000 collects issue one of that. Uh, and then Outbid, but never outgunned from Star Wars Tales 1997, and that was number seven, I believe. So it's uh, kind
1: of it's, blood ties and a smorgasbord of other Boba Fett stories, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's Boba Fett stories... Throughout time, but it's also like, you know, scattered throughout those issues. It's like, it's only a few of them, uh, which is I guess a way to make more money, right? You've got to collect them all at that point.
1: <laughs> it it kind of pads out the uh, the omnibus because Blood Ties itself only is eight eight issues, right? Blood Ties the what is it called? The story of Django and Boba Fett, and then mm-hmm. there's Blood Ties. Boba Fett is dead. Yeah, and that—that in and of itself is just eight issues. So, and those
0: read really quickly too.
1: Yeah, they really do. There's a lot of Boba Fett is not a man of many words, especially in Legends. A lot of action. Yeah, there's a lot of like full page spreads where Boba Fett says something epic in like a one liner, and then the rest is just like a monster or a. And his one
0: liners are so good at all of them.
1: Yeah, (laughs) hang on to that, Freddie. We're gonna come back to the one liners. They're good. They're good. They're good. Um. He's actually, there's another character who I think has even better one-liners. We'll come back to them in a minute. But uh, yeah, the centerpiece of this, of course, is the Blood Ties series, which came out in, in uh, 2010 and 2012, respectively. The, uh, the creators on these, Emily, tell us who wrote and drew these bad boys.
3: The cover is by Tommy Lee Edwards, and it was originally the cover for Empire Twenty Eight. Uh, The stories themselves are written by uh, Tom Taylor. The art is by Chris Scalf and the cover artist is also
1: Chris Scalf. Chris Scalf, guys, come on. Tell us about Chris Scalf, Freddie. I know nothing.
0: Well, okay. So Chris Scalf is primarily a digital artist and his art is very, very obvious. Uh, Just like um, I'm trying to think. uh, Cam Kennedy,
1: because he's also got art in this book.
0: Cam Kennedy, yeah, Cam Kennedy has a very, very particular style and it's very obvious as well. And Chris Scalf, it, it's very digital. And I've I've worked with like programs like Procreate and a couple other things on my iPad, just doing some digital art. And you can just see you can just see it. It's really obvious. And I, I have a, an example later on. We can we can go through it if you'd like. But I have an example of of how you can tell that he uses a lot of different styles of art and leaves a lot of his trace marks in his, in his comics. And you can kind of see like his quick outlines of like the slave, uh, slave one and the filling in and the smudging of his finger with some of the artwork. And it's, it's super interesting, honestly, like if
1: you look at it closely. um, Yeah. Well, let's come back to that. That's interesting. (laughs) Um, It's certainly iconic and I, I don't know that I loved all of it. I liked some of it a lot. And some more of it, I was like, oh, I don't know about that. But it's interesting. And I like that it's a bold choice for sure. Now, I, I do want to say about the art that um, what I appreciate is the cover artist is the same as the interiors. A lot of times mm-hmm. you'll have a different cover artist, which gives a false perception of what's going to be in the book. And then the stuff in the book isn't as good. Am I right? I'd agree with that, actually. Mm-hmm. So I like that there was some consistency <laughs> here. Uh, a couple of other interesting creator bits to note. Uh, Cam Kennedy. The artist on Dark Empire does the art on two of these issues, the side issues, which we're not really talking about much tonight, (laughs) but got to give my man a shout out. I love some Cam Kennedy art. Uh, He wrote both Empire 7 and Boba Fett, Agent of Doom. Agent of Doom, also written by one of the great legends, comics writers of all time, John Ostrander. So very cool. One thing I've actually looked into, Freddie, is getting Cam Kennedy to do a custom Boba Fett piece for me. (laughs) He, He sells them on his website. I mean, like, that'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? That would be pretty awesome, honestly. <laughs> I actually almost ordered it for you for Christmas, so I was com- yeah. kind of just gauging your uh, reaction to see <laughs> <laughs> see what you would think. Sounds uh, awesome. I feel like you'd need to say something really goofy if it oh, was yeah. going to be to you, right? Like, Legends Look Back is a wicked rad podcast, but wicked it's rad. Not, not something that Boba Fett would ever say. Well, I'm very excited <laughs> about this. Emily, you said that... Uh, that you never read this before, right?
3: I haven't. This is actually my first comic. I think the last comic I read was like some Spider-Man thing I got from the library in high school. So uh, this is my first Star Wars comic. Definitely the first one in a very, very long time. So it was a different style for sure. And I'm not, I, I loved how fast it went and I'm not really sure how else, like, because it is my first, I guess. I don't have anything to compare it to. So We'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there
1: now uh, somebody in the discord last week said it is the very best legends comic of all time. Hmm. And I don't know if I'm there, but with that in mind, I was like, somebody loves this that much. I can't believe it. That's cool. <laughs> and I've read it maybe three, four times at this point, liked it a lot this time. Is it all because that one person said it's the best ever? <laughs> maybe. I don't know.
2: <laughs> was that person me? Maybe.
1: <laughs> Wait, was that you Freddie? I gonna have to go back and look now. Uh, how about you, Rick? Have you read this before?
2: Uh, no, this is my first time, um, and I don't have, I'm trying to think, I I've surely have read some other Legends, yeah, I've read other Legends comics, but I think I've read probably more canon, um, but I'm still new to comics all around, like, I've barely read, I don't know, maybe two dozen or three dozen titles, um, so I'm still getting, there's so much to read, so much to get caught up on, but I definitely did like oh, this yeah. one, and I'm excited to talk about it.
1: Well, over Christmas break, Rick, yeah, there's what? 2000 Legends comics, you can Woo. knock them all out. There you I go. Have, I have full faith in you. I'll, I'll so, get it done. Yes. Uh, he can start them right now while we take a quick Just break. Just don't buy and the
0: physical versions because you won't read them.
1: <laughs> that's, yeah. Maybe that's the key, Freddie. Maybe that's what it is. That's well, fair. Let's take a quick break. And I cannot wait to dive into this bad boy. As the kids say these days, it's a banger. Mm. So is that what they say?
2: Something like banger. that. More, more. Yeah. yeah. don't, so don't right after the break, we'll yeah. be back
1: and we're going to talk about. Boba Fett bloodlines let's get into it Boba Fett blood ties essentially is the series itself right there's a lot of other issues in here get a little bit about Boba Fett doing this or this member of Boba Fett's family we're gonna boil this uh discussion of the show down tonight just to Boba Fett blood ties now what's it called it's got an alternate title blood ties Colonel, a tale of Jango and Boba Fett and then the sequel series Blood ties, Boba Fett is dead. The series essentially is a story of Boba Fett's extended family, right? In the past, Django takes a hit from Count Dooku on someone who knows too much about what's going on on Kamino. The twist, of course, is that as Django kills the guy, he looks into his own face. He has just killed a defector clone who had fathered a child. His family is just right around the corner, and they're like, what the heck, bro? Well, Boba Fett is overcome with remorse and sets up a child support fund to provide for said child. The child goes on to become one of the main characters of the series. Boba Fett's half brother, ish. I mean, the, the bloodlines and all this get a little bit complicated. Let's be honest. Mm. Connor, what a great Star Wars name. Connor Fett. <laughs> <laughs> is this last name Fett? No. Did you ever get there? No. It's, it's uh, Freeman. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's like a huge plot point. <laughs> <his name> <laughs> I'm gonna call him Connor Fett. I like that. Through Connor the Fett. Somebody in the not Discord this on.
2: week, but not counter fett.
1: <laughs> uh... Wait, hold on. Speaking of fets, we got Boba Fett here live with yes. us on the show. Boba Fett. Oh no, it's just Freddie. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's just me.
2: Uh, I was Boba worried fett. Jared finally took that hit out on me for the my my will from last week. I episode. forgot
1: about that. <laughs> Freddie, how many Mandalorian helmets do you own?
2: Uh roughly four. yeah Yeah. i would
0: say four roughly Uh, that doesn't include all the helmets i have (laughs) though
1: yeah you've got a red ranger helmet i know about that i've got a
0: red ranger helmet i've got the what is it the storm it's a it's a stormtrooper helmet space ah, i forget the name it's like it's the black one it's like the galaxy trooper i don't don't know something like that
1: do you have the death Um, trooper with the worms coming out the eye
0: you know, I've always wanted one of those. Uh, I feel like that's going to be my next big thing. And of course, I've got like a clone trooper helmet, stormtrooper helmet, phase one. You should wear them all helmet. next week. All at the same time. I'm down. Same time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, for our audio listeners, they cut over to Freddie, and he was wearing a Boba Fett helmet, which really surprised me. <laughs> you know who else surprised Boba Fett? Connor Fett, right? Connor Freeman, who through no fault of his own, except for, you know, some of the fault of his own because he had extensive gambling debts that he owed to a crime lord, but then took out a hit on Connor. Well, regardless, Connor continually finds himself in the thick of it. Got a bit of a bromance rivalry with Boba Fett. Django eventually, not Django, Boba is a Django clone at this point. So I can call him Django if I want. Yeah, ignore my typos here. Uh, Boba takes a hit out on Connor and discovers that they have a lot in common. In fact, they look frighteningly alike boba eventually discovers the truth about connor's parentage and Django's involvement in it but he doesn't believe him at first and then they become fast friends together they take down the crime lord to whom connor owed his debt after uh uh, you know bringing in connor getting the money for it he then says uh you know connor offers a three what is that three credits a three credit hit out on the crime lord and boba (laughs) takes the job takes out the crime lord and they get out of Dodge with a jetpack in an ex- explosive finale. But thankfully, the story doesn't end there. A couple of years later, Boba Fett blood ties. Boba Fett is dead, right? In this particular story, Boba faked his own death after being targeted by a bounty hunter syndicate. He accidentally stole Connor's identity, except for, you know, it wasn't really an accident, but then he was sorry for it, at least. He went on a last-ditch mission to save his secret family from the governor of Concord, Don. <gasps> Boba Fett had a secret family all along. And he wasn't the only one who knew that comes back around to haunt him a couple times in this omnibus. Eventually, they had found out Boba's deepest, darkest secrets. And in order to protect them, they all don Mandalorian armor. Boba Fett's ex-wife, Boba Fett's estranged half-brother. And Boba Fett, where'd he get the armor? don't know because the first set had already had a hole blasted through it regardless they all wear their jet packs get their blasters take down the mandalorians who are trying to take them down the, the whole place blows up it's very explosive there's also a monster with a venomous fang and then there's boba fett's daughter it's a ton of fun and connor even smooches boba fett's wife <gasps> so we're gonna get there <laughs> in a second so before we do guys rate this around the horn one to ten rating, Freddie. Let's start with you. Set us off on a high note. How do you rate the Boba Fett blood ties story itself? You can do the whole omnibus if you want, but at least the blood ties themselves.
0: I'm so biased. I'm so absolutely biased of of this whole thing. It's it's hard for me to really quantify, other than saying a ten at this point. Uh, I I love this series. I've always loved this series. I've read it so many times, especially for Utini, which is which is great. Uh, this is probably my third go uh, reading it already f- just for you, Tini. But I've read it so many times outside of that. It's so fun. It's so much action. I mean, you can just see it in the pages. The way Chris Scalf, uh, he doesn't even put in a lot of move lines, but it just looks like movement, which is crazy to me. Uh, this is a, this is, <laughs> it's a 10.
1: <laughs> it's definitely dynamic art, for sure. The movement is very dynamic um yeah. a 10 straight 10 for Freddie. wow it surprises me surprises me i i'm probably closer to like uh, an eight and a half like a that's very a good, good rating. A great nearly incredible nearly incredible i've got a couple hang-ups we'll get there in a minute uh how about you guys though no newbies to this the, the problem for me is i've read this so many times yeah uh, <laughs> it's it's one that's easy to return to it's a quick read I read this thing exclusively over the last couple of weeks, sitting in the parent pickup line to pick up my daughter from school. Nice. I'd get about uh an issue per day. <laughs> so eight days took about, you know, a week and a half. Uh let's start with you, Rick. What's your what's your rating here?
2: Um, man. Uh it was a really good story. I I would probably give it a probably about an eight, seven or eight, somewhere in there. Um, you know, there's other stories I've read that I think were more important for what I was going on, like what I was really into. But this one I think is definitely going to stick with me. And so I think the longer I go, I might revisit the score and push it a little higher.
1: Yeah, great. Uh, seven or eight, you know, it's perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. So Emily, how about you? You got Freddie on one end, Rick on the other. I'm like in the middle. Going to price this right me or, or what?
3: <laughs> I think about 8.3, 8.4 sounds about right for me. Um, It was really good. I don't know that much about Boba Fett. I haven't read a ton about him. So I really enjoyed learning more about his character. And I was pleasantly surprised at how quickly the comics went by. Like you just can like fly through these. So that was really nice. I didn't have to um, not have to, but like, it just didn't take me a very long time to get a lot of information. And the art was really beautiful. So 8.4.
1: When we ask you to read a book for the podcast, sometimes it's like, oh, homework. I've got to read this whole <laughs> <little> thing. <laughs> and I procrastinated it. So I've got two days to read 430 pages. Um, sometimes there's no audiobook, and there's no audiobooks for yep. most comics. There are for some, specifically mm. Dark Empire has mm. audio dramas, as does Tales of the Jedi. I'm gonna check you guys, those out. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh drastically underrated. But this especially is nice when you're like. Oh, no, I've got a podcast this week. I should probably start. It only takes like an hour or two to read all eight issues. That is very nice for sure. For sure. There's so much in what you said, Emily, that I want to come back to. But let's talk about the characters. First and foremost, before we get to Bobo, we got to start with his his dad. Can we call him dad? He does. It's weird. The relationship. Let's be honest. Django, in <clears throat> fact, the very first issue, the, the first arc is titled A Tale of Django and Boba Fett. So it comes out swinging by saying this is as much about Django as it is about Boba. And that really works. It really works, doesn't it? Um, however, Django does something very questionable right off the top, doesn't he? The very first scene <laughs> the in the entire series <laughs> is he straps a jetpack to young Boba and <laughs> sends him through the Ballyreg. B- Ballyreg? You kind of like swallow the Y, right? Bal- Balrog?
2: Balrog. I don't know. Roll your arms. Balrog.
1: That's the one where they <laughs> yeah, can't I know. pass, right? Yes. <laughs> and then we go, we turn white, come out with a horse. Yeah. This is, you don't come out with a horse. You come out with a venomous fang that's like the size of a small child. And he sends him careening through and he comes out and he says, what, Freddy? Like, uh, what, dad, why'd you do that to me? And he says, um, you'll never... You
0: you'll never have fear again because you, you faced the most fearsome thing in the galaxy.
2: Mm.
1: Do you think it's really the most fearsome thing in the galaxy?
0: I mean, Sarlaccs are pretty fearsome, but in terms of absolute physical brutality, you know, it's right up there. It's probably bigger than a Rancor. It'll probably destroy a Rancor, that thing.
1: Now that's what I want is like a, a prison match between a Ballyrag and a Rancor. Isn't <laughs> there a Rancor in this series? I think there's a Rancor. There
0: is, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Easily dispatched.
1: <laughs> there's there's the pitch for the series it's got boba fett and a rancor mic drop that's all you need to know am i right
0: yeah it's <laughs> well i mean there's there's a lot there's a lot that goes on there is and a so lot. few yeah there you go
1: there's the Ballyreg. reg it looks more like a pokemon than it does a star wars character
2: doesn't No, it? it's totally uh blue eyes white good dragon. point blue, blue eyes Wander- white dragon <laughs>
0: I like it. Uh, th- this was one of my favorite art pieces, but I, I knew it was going to be pulled up. It's I, I pulled it up last time we talked uh, about about my love of Star or Boba Fett. Um, the artwork is beautiful because it it's it's if if you zoom into it a little bit, I mean you're not gonna do it here, but if you're if you're looking at the actual comic, you can you can tell how detailed Chris Scalf gets with a lot of his his art here. Uh, which is crazy because with with like 3D art, you can zoom in as far as you need to to get the smallest yeah, detail that you need, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and you'll see it in this picture. It's it's just on one page of a comic book, but the amount of, of detail in it is pretty amazing, in my opinion. It's 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 amazing artwork. This whole thing is great.
1: Hmm. That is a good point. This being from 2010, 2012, um, kind of in the early days of digital art, and so,
0: definitely, yeah, so yeah.
1: This being a late legend story, it kind of opened up this new medium. Whereas Ken Kennedy in the early nineties was doing watercolor, because that's what you know was available. That and cave drawings. Some of his other art was just like etched <laughs> on the inside of caves with stones. Holocrons. <laughs> Holocrons. <Yeah. laughs> that's too old, Freddie. That's a long time ago in a galaxy far, <laughs> far away. But but uh, how about Django's parenting style here? Django's kind of put up on the pedestal in this series. It's like he's the one. That we want to be like. He's the one we want to impress. Emily, as a parent, with another one on the way, what would you think about strapping a jetpack to your kid and sending them through a monster cave?
3: That's a terrible decision.
1: I've heard worse ideas.
3: What <laughs> in the world? Yes. I don't know. In my mind, part of me is thinking like maybe this wasn't such a savage beast. Because, like, you know, the monsters when we're children are different than the monsters when we're an adult. And so I'm torn between thinking like Jenga really did believe in Boba that much that he could defeat an actual, the actual scariest thing in the whole universe. Um, Or is it the scariest thing in Boba's universe? And therefore it was just like a psychological trick
0: to where now
3: he's no longer afraid.
0: That's a great point. I love that
1: for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Like what if it's not actually a dangerous monster?
3: Well, I'm sure it was dangerous, but like, is it really <laughs> the scariest thing in the world? Or hmm. is that just like a trick to get you to think that you're invincible?
0: You know, how old is Boba here?
3: That's a good question. Maybe nine, he's like 10 12 years
0: old or something like that. Or
3: oh, maybe
1: um, I've got like three ranges of kids, toddlers <laughs> kids, and teenagers.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I think he's, <laughs> he's a like a his kid.
2: kid. Yeah. He's in the kid range.
3: He's too young. Like if he was a teenager, sure. But like, The other problem is Django died when the kid, when Bobo was pretty young. So he had to be Uh, pretty pretty young.
0: uh, I I would say my my view of this is a little different than that. In that Django understands who he is and what he's capable of and what he was capable of. And I think he's like, this is my clone. I'm going to let him learn how I learned. I know he's gonna be fine. I was fine. <laughs> That's how I saw it,
2: at least. It's different, right? Because yeah, he is a that is
3: different. Hmm. That's an excellent point.
2: Yeah, I think um, my take on this, um, you know, I'm a city boy, <laughs> but my my kids, you know, we no no joke got a letter in the mail from the state that said congratulations on your new Texans when they were born, and so my kids are Texans. That's hilarious. And out here, you know, rodeos are very common. And so um, mixing up with, with with animals that can harm you and cause like lifelong injuries is pretty normal. And there's kids my son's age who are like already getting like prizes and prize money from rodeos. Uh, and so maybe this is just the Mandalorian rodeo. And this is, you know, uh, just a, uh, what do you call it? Like a rite of passage kind of thing where, um, mm-hmm. you know, culturally he is toughened for this. And so it's nothing... We see it as a dramatic step, but it's totally normal in the rest of the context for Django's parenting. You know, who knows what other rough things he already had gone through. I'm sure he knew how to handle a blaster from like, you know, two months old or something.
1: Now, in universe, your explanation makes sense, Rick, because in The Mandalorian, now I realize we're crossing the streams here with the uh, canon. Right, right. In the Mandalorian, he says, uh, The Mandalorian says, guns are my religion. <laughs> and then. Yeah, see what and, and then I'm going somewhere else with this, but my kid is screaming upstairs and it's driving me <laughs> insane. Um uh, guns are my religion. Where else am I going? Uh, the what'd you say, Rick? Your new Texans,
2: uh New so Texans, close. Rite of Passage, Rodeo, Rodeo.
1: Um, I'm almost there.
2: Wild yeah, animals. I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <Price> money. <laughs> Prize money. Prize money. It did make me
3: wonder. So, like when he brought up the Mandalorian and he has that like really drawn out scene with the mudhorn. But then this Ballyrag seems a lot fiercer than the Mudhorn. And it's like, Boba just kind of like zings in and zings back out. Like it wasn't a big deal at all. So now I'm like, okay, so what's his name? What's the Mandalorian's character from the TV show? What, what's his the character's name? Din. Din?
1: I think. Yeah, great Din. Star Wars name, Din. Yeah. Din.
3: Well, it just makes me question how strong he really was, you know? Because like... If this is what a tw- like nine year old Boba is capable of, then why did it take well this is legends. so long? They're that's true. Yeah, it's that's true. true. And his comic books. Like, and- I was just surprised that there wasn't any like any action in the cave. You just see like. Good luck, and then yeah. like, he just sings out with the two yeah. afterwards. That's kind of
0: that's kind of comic cool. book, right? Though, like, yeah, they've only got so many panels to work with, and they're like, eh, well, true. we can't really show this, so we'll just assume he <laughs> he obviously wins. It's yeah. <laughs> just a little cool.
3: shocking going from Bane to reading like, oh, <laughs> totally. we're just like. We're just we're done with that. that happened. Okay. Yeah. I guess we're not going back.
1: Okay. That's that's one of my complaints with this. And but I also accept it because I read a lot of comics. Mm. And that is there's some plot points where it's like, boom, we're just getting right past it. We're just gonna mm. plow through mm-hmm. and move along. But that's Star Wars for you. Move and you along. especially
0: have to think, right? It's a four series run, and you're like, I've mm-hmm. only got four books to write my entire story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of it, right? And that's it. And I'm I'm pretty sure that's yeah. the deal that they went in with. Yeah, and I guess uh, the
3: purpose of that scene was just to say, like, that's what he was thinking of. Yeah, when he was saving lot, right? Connor. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's kind of a but flashback. Got, yeah, exactly. But when you've got something like Knights of the Old Republic or or some of the other runs that go on for forever issues, right? You've got unlimited s- stories that you can tell within stories. That's where you see a lot of the things open up. Like one, if they if they were to dig into some of this and, and expand it, you would definitely see a lot. more cool interesting things but I feel like they only had four issues right to mm. to show Boba Fett's story as in like you know you, you start off with him in a situation and then you go through a quick life story event and then you come to the present again it's That's pretty it's my- pretty amazing honestly in four issues <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely yeah. That's That's one true. of my
1: complaints with um, the villains in this kind of you, you just breeze past them pretty quickly Whereas I think in Knights of the Republic, there was a whole issue dedicated to Lucian Dre's backstory. And a a whole issue just chronicling who he is and fleshing out that villain. And did Mm. that a lot with some of the villains there, which we don't quite have in this. But you just kind of have to imagine it, right? Leave some space for the imagination. Just like you're going to have to do with whatever else I was trying to say a minute ago about Boba Fett. (laughs) I was going somewhere (laughs) Uh, and lost it. Right. So so uh,
2: it's Imagine Dragon.
1: That's right, absolutely. Now, in this. Speaking of terrible decisions, like Rick's pun there. <laughs> um, in this, Django kills you know his uh, his clone brother defector there, but then has a stipend, right this child support that he has that he's paying for Connor all throughout his youth and helps him to grow up. As a man, right? As a character, does the child support in any way make up for? Django having killed Connor's father, in your opinion.
2: Why, Why are you laughing, a Rick? Question. What? 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 <laughs> no, I mean, like, it's just like, of course not. It's redeeming
1: not. to a certain extent, isn't it?
2: I mean, I, you know, you didn't know those, those kids who come from like a divorced family and like the dad who sends them like Xboxes every year or something to try to earn their love. Like that's what it sounds like to me. It just like try to earn the love or move it along or it's fine. I'll just throw some money at it. So no, of course not. You know, like it was more of recompense
1: for his great, egregious error.
2: Yeah. I think he could have just, you know, slowed down. I know that's not really the bounty hunter way of, you know, figuring out the context that's, that's what makes it difficult, you know, and he had a hard life to live. But um, yeah, yeah, I just no, it doesn't make up for it. Not at all.
1: Emily, are you on Rick's side here. I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, a different opinion.
3: I mean, obviously, it doesn't replace his father. Um, like nothing can do that. But I think that given the circumstances, I was pleasantly surprised that he did anything at all. Right. So uh, it shows that he had a heart um, and he had an honor code that he was adhering to, but it doesn't replace the father.
1: That's the thing is we, (laughs) we, Jango Fett's a villain. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so these, some of these stories go to kind of make him an anti-hero. A lot of the comics do. Mm -hmm. He's a villain who then you kind of learn has his own heart of gold and you root for them. Right, Freddy?
0: Mm it's just a job
2: yeah it's not personal
0: right it's not personal and that's that's exactly you have to imagine like the the line of work that that django is in the yeah. where he was how he was raised as a warrior you know it, it's it's a different kind of thing right it, it and that probably and that probably exists honestly in this world that we don't even know about or think about hmm. but we're, we're talking about a massive star wars universe where you have some massive evil but you also have people who are independently working to try to dispatch whoever that enemy of that person is. And it's just a job. And especially if you think about it, he can't let that. He can't let. What, what, did he name, what was his name? Freeman? Um, Freeman.
3: Yeah. Hunter. Yeah. You,
0: couldn't, you can't let him go because oh, he gave you the job. The right. Dead, yeah. Count Dooku gave you the job. <laughs> you, can't, you can't really mess this one up. It's kind of the end of you and your son, Boba mm. or clone, however you want to see it. Uh, and it's just, um, you know, it's just a, it's just a job in the end, and it, mm. there's absolutely nothing personal. It's a job. I have to do what I got to do, and that's that's his vision of it. And uh, in in reality, though, right, that that is very, pretty villainous because getting paid to dispatch somebody for the for price, like for money, right, at the highest dollar, that's the job. That's there's really nothing ethical about that. <laughs>
1: Well, I just found out last week that they're real life bounty hunters. So there's that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. so, uh, Freddie, after all that, will you uh, <clears throat> blink twice if you're secretly a bounty hunter and not an engineer?
1: <laughs> I, I did get a little scared.
2: Yeah. That laugh was a little uh, long there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Definitely not a bounty hunter.
1: <laughs> he owns a lot of helmets. Said he? like a bounty hunter. That's true. <laughs> definitely not a bounty hunter. Well, you know who is a bounty hunter? Boba Fett. Boba Fett does follow in his (laughs) father's footsteps. Yeah, that's the worst segue (laughs) I've ever had. It does follow in his father's footsteps, even repaints the armor. Or maybe he has multiple suits of armor. I think they hint at that in this particular series. Boba Fett is famous for looking cool and kicking butt. He's got uh, a lot of weapons, including a jetpack and a flamethrower. And the original toy, it was like rocket launching and then it was a choking hazard. So then they got rid of it, but still has a jetpack, regardless of if it shoots rockets, totally shoots rockets in this series. So that's cool. However, there's an awesome montage in page around page 77 in the story of all of Boba Fett's different weapons. Right. He's got like blasters and little wrist rockets and he's got uh, the big one on the back and the flamethrower's. Uh, let's go around around the horn here and i'd like your take on which is the best weapon in your opinion in boba fett's arsenal uh, let start with you oh you got something there rick go ahead i, I
2: just wanted to toss it over to freddie for a second that's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> for,
1: for the weapons in the, the helmet. yeah
2: here? trying to find them. trying to find them. yep sorry i like it all right emily coming to you <laughs>
3: Um, I'm going to take the stance that a good there's what is it the best offense is a good defense I think it's his armor mm. personally because like you can't focus on on like taking an offensive position unless you're properly defended so I think without his armor he would not have made it to have uh, to be able to use the other weapons
2: that's fair
1: he's got a tremendous Number of hits that he takes in this series mm-hmm. that he bounces back from. But then there's the whole thing in Boba Fett is Dead where, like, you know, he puts his armor on the guy that he had killed and then he shoots him out on the jetpack.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. reading that
1: part to my uh, toddler because she went oh. I was reading. And then I was like, this is getting a little violent. She's... I was <laughs> like, hey, so he just put the dead body inside the armor <laughs> and shot him up out of the hole on the jetpack. And uh, let's finish this later. i put it away.
3: <laughs> Moving right along.
1: Yeah, so the jetpack obviously would be an obvious answer. Hmm. Uh, but I might mm-hmm. say his one-liners. His one-liners. He does have <laughs> a lot of quips here. A lot of quips. Very quippy boba hmm. in this series. We'll come back to the one-liners in a minute. Uh, Freddie, what's your, the best weapon in his arsenal, in your opinion?
0: Um, you know...
1: I actually had a dream that I was Boba Fett <laughs> That's
0: not nice. too long ago. And Cause you're is, a bounty hunter. <laughs> I, this is, I, I remember waking up thinking, Oh my goodness. I finished the dream. How cool is that? And I was just using a whip and just getting people, bringing them, beating them up. And I just was, I was whatever I was doing. It was nuts. Um, <laughs> does he have a whip? Surprisingly, he does have a whip. He does have a whip. Yeah. It's it. I don't know if it has any like a sharp edge on it, but I do know he's got a whip. is it like the tether fiber that cord. shoots
1: out of his his wrist? Yeah, the fiber cord, his the fiber okay. cord.
0: Yeah, um, but one of my favorite images because I have a couple of them. I'll show I'll show you. This is actually my favorite weapon, and I for the longest time didn't really consider it a weapon. Uh, you could pull it up, uh, Rick. It's it's. Let me see. I might have to look up this number here, but it is the jetpack uh it's it's your kind of last form of defense uh your massive form of defense i mean you've got a whole missile on your back um i can't remember the picture the, the number yeah there you oh yeah i love that he just kind of leans over
1: and shoots the, mm. the the rocket down the uh the alleyway
0: <laughs> yeah there you go just shoots that rocket down the alleyway first of all great beautiful art mm-hmm. uh but I mean, it's like if you really need to get rid of something or create a distraction or do any major damage, you have the ability to do that. And I think that's pretty interesting.
1: Those have got to be expensive, though, to replace those rockets. Surely.
3: Mm. I'm imagining uh, the could... recoil would just, like, shoot you back and yeah. fall flat on your face unless you're Boba Fett.
0: Or <laughs> you could use the jetpack as, as, like, reverse thrust, like you do an airplane when you land. Oh, yeah, yeah. You could use that as, like, a counter uh-huh the counter reaction of the the missile it went yeah. right over
1: my head just like a jetpack. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> rick had you weighed in on this one yet
2: no um yeah i had a hard time trying to narrow it down to one they had a bunch of cool ones um i think that in real life i would want the mini concussion rocket launcher that would just be really helpful as a school bus driver whenever cars run past my stop sign i'll just pew, Give them a little warning shot across their front, but uh, in Boba Boba Fett's hands, I think um, the what is it? The ZX Mini Flame Projector was pretty. I'm glad you it. mentioned that. Yeah, it's awesome.
1: It, it really gets its moment to shine in this series. On the one hand, it adds like a different visual element mm-hmm. in the sense that it it's a different color palette. So now we've got the reds and the oranges um, thrown in, but it's also like it does more to surprise people than it does to hurt them in this in this. They're often like he's got a fire in his armor. I didn't <laughs> see this coming.
0: Yeah. And, uh... It's definitely a shock tactic.
1: <laughs> so that comes up in some really clutch moments. G- glad you mentioned that, Rick. We've talked a lot about Boba's arsenal and his armor. One of the things, however, that really shines in this particular series compared to some other Boba Fett stories is Boba Fett as a character without the armor. In fact, in part of the story in Boba Fett is dead, he dons a different set of armor. A clone trooper it's a blue stripes i don't know exactly the term i'm sure there's a term for that is it like an art trooper armor i'm not sure if it's ever d- discussed uh, there's a lot of boba fett however in this series without his armor kind of controversially so boba fett is known for the cool armor is there too much boba without the armor in this series for you guys but you uh, freddie is the uh, the ultimate boba fett fanboy
0: you know I never realized how many times I would see Boba Fett without a helmet, and I thought Django Fett. Right. Right. Like I you don't really see often in Legends Boba Fett as Django Fett. So right. it throws me off every once in a while, but I think that's okay because going along with the story that George wrote, that is the case. And just thinking, like, goodness gracious, he really is a clone of of Django. Like he's basically Django 2.0.
1: it's cool in the the second series Boba Fett is dead however he's kind of got like the uh, episode 2 Obi-Wan hair going on though doesn't he
0: yeah yeah he does he does have that that uh, episode yeah you could say that
1: I don't think Tamir Morrison could grow that hair out like that anymore at least (laughs) uh, judging by the way he's looking these days
0: you might need some help
1: (laughs) no offense Mr. Morrison we love your work absolutely had lunch with you once that was fantastic (laughs) wait with Tamir Morrison
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: What? Yeah, um it was awesome. during Celebration 5 and I was sitting at the table and it was it's one of those con convention tables. It's probably sits like 60 people. And I'm sitting on one side. This dude and his girlfriend are sitting just maybe like four chairs down and then across from me sits this guy and I'm like I look at the couple, they look at me, I look I look at him. He's looking at us. And the guy's like, are you? And the guy's like, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that and gave so it away. He,
0: and so he just hangs out and has lunch with us. He, and he tells us the whole story of like how he dodged his security so that he could come hang out and um, was talking about convention and stuff like that. It was really random. <laughs>
2: That's awesome.
1: That is cool. Wow. I
3: love that.
1: That is amazing. Yeah, he's a cool All guy. Right, Freddie, we're going to spend the rest of the uh, – jettisoning the rest of the show notes and just talk about <laughs> – Forget the rest <laughs> of your crazy stories. Yeah. The rest of the episode. Dave that could be Filoni. a whole segment. Freddie time. Pablo Hidalgo. There's another.
0: Pablo Hidalgo. Dave Filoni. You met both of um, them? Yeah. Nice. Uh, had
1: Everybody in California knows yeah. each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's
2: just big family.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's, there's tons of people, honestly. like I, There's a uh, number of, of artists that I've hung out with. Um, goodness gracious. I, I couldn't even count, but I don't want to take the rest of the, the show.
2: That is cool, <laughs> though. Talk that about is cool. It. Yeah. Now, For famously, time. I don't
1: know if I've told you guys this, I think that Freddie looks like Daniel Logan, the actor who played young Boba. Daniel but like, Logan. but hmm. like, growing up today. Hmm. What do you guys think?
0: Hmm. Daniel Logan, huh? Let's see, what, what would be my line?
1: Yep. Right, that was his line? Yep. Here's, here's another yep. one that I love. <laughs> Dad, Tom <Lee's> here! <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says I'm in Boba Fett, like dad ton Wee's here am i right (laughs) in fact one of the big complaints about the prequels is the fact that it turns both vader and boba into a punk kid right so jake lloyd in episode one and now daniel logan in episode two did this story redeem that element of the great boba fett retcon for you Mm -hmm. guys the fact that this really dives deep into the idea that Boba is a Django Fett clone. And so he's reckoning with his legacy, with his father's legacy being different from his father. The fact that his father has now uh, fathered an army that looks exactly like him. And he's got a weird relationship to this guy, Connor, who is fathered by a man who looks exactly like his father. And so there's all these implications of the, and then Boba Fett's got his own family in this thing. Mm. Um, Does this redeem the big... Hmm. boba fett twist for you guys looks like i've, uh, I've stirred the hornet's nets over there in uh, hornet's nest in in rick's head his, i can see the wheels turning
2: <laughs> yeah so um i don't know if redeem if we're that level but it definitely makes the character much more interesting you know i think this does a lot a lot to his story and complexity like we said you know and with with the Django thing killing connor's dad i'm not sure if that you know, makes it better, with the whole child child support thing. But it definitely does add a level of of honor, and I think we see that in Boba Fett too. So, um, man, it's just it's a complex character living in a complex world, doing a really hard job. Uh, so it makes it fascinating because it's it's you know really foreign to, to my life. You know, personally, um, I know Freddie's bounty hunter, so he probably can relate a lot. But uh... <laughs>
1: how about you, Emily?
3: Um. I don't really know. I did think he was kind of a punk kid <laughs> in the movies.
1: If you go back um, and watch Attack of the Clones now, would you feel different about it? Mm.
3: Knowing that Jango just sent him into the battle thing by himself? Yeah, probably. I'll have to rewatch it. I'll get back to you.
2: <laughs> there definitely is a... anxiously
1: uh... await Emily's Attack of the Clones report.
2: Yeah. I'm noticing there's a lot of orphaned boys in Star Wars. Oh, you know? yeah definitely a theme one of the tropes <laughs> yeah for sure or about you, Freddie. what's your take well
0: i guess my my boba fett has been retconned so many times because of you know new developments and and you know the original boba fett was just a bounty hunter nothing crazy right it was he was just a bounty hunter uh he had his own entire story um and then of course you see who Boba Fett's dad is. And you start to understand a little bit more there. And of course that retcon with the whole cloning and uh, that, that changed a lot of things. And then you've got Boba Fett in the clone Wars cartoons. Right. And he, he has uh, he he's a punk there, but he's, he's also hanging around some pretty intense bounty hunters at the, at, I, I believe it's by his dad's wish. I mean, he's got like Boss, ara Singh, a couple others just hanging around him. He's learning yeah. from like the best. So he is definitely Django Fett, taught by Django Fett, also taught by other bounty hunters. So he is definitely Django Fett 2.0. Um and and just reading this story, it just solidifies like how intense this guy is in terms of martial artistry, uh, including weapons, right? It's a form of martial artistry, the weapons he uses. Mm. And uh the way he grew up, he he had no no option, honestly to be other anything other than what he is right now. And he is absolutely good at it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Uh, he's been retconned so many times. Why get hung up about it at this point? And mm. I, I appreciate that we've kind of got the same perspective on that. Freddie. no reason to get hung up on the chronology of it all. If you want this kind of Boba Fett in Legends, he's there. If you want the totally ruthless Boba Fett who has nothing to do with Jango Fett, he's also there. Um, if you want Boba Fett who's not actually Boba Fett, in Boba Fett's armor <laughs> but we didn't know it at the time because it was a retcon he's there there's all kinds of Boba's Fett hot dog Boba Fett we got it every single kind one of the big wrinkles though however is regarding Boba Fett's love life we get to know Sintas Vell, who is a uh, a bounty hunter who the um the, the, the initial little prologue story what was that one called it was I've got it here in the notes somewhere. I'm talking about, right? Oh, Outbid But Never Outgunned from 1997. Mm. Introduces Cintasville, kind of shows that they've got a bit of a history and, uh, you know, they've got this hologram of, you know, a family photo of them together. I love the Boba Fett's in his armor in that photo. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, at that point, you would never have him out of the armor. And um, uh, they've got a checkered past together as well. I, I did kind of feel a little bit like she was borderline walking line between really being a formidable fearsome bounty hunter versus also kind of falling into that trope. It's not her fault. It's the, the writer's fault of being the love interest who then has to be rescued by the male hmm. Emily as a, uh, as our, our female voice on the team. Do you think this fell too much into that trope or was she a fearsome bounty hunter in her own right? Did it, did she stand on her own enough or did it kind of fall into that pitfall?
3: I think she definitely stood her own enough personally. And I think there was even a, a line that addressed that where he said, he said, um, well, it seems like you probably could have had that on your own. <laughs> you didn't need me.
1: Um, okay. That's a good point.
3: I, I thought that she was strong enough for sure. I thought that Aylan was strong enough on her own. Um, the only weird part i thought about her character is why on earth she kissed connor like that mm-hmm. just didn't make any sense to me it uh it didn't it wasn't necessary
1: mm-hmm. and
3: yeah. uh i just thought that was kind of cheap but i liked her character
1: I thought the rest of it makes for it was an interesting good. wrinkle if somebody yeah. who looks like the man that you love comes around looks just like him you know just like hey no strings attached but however <laughs> it makes it it makes mostly an interesting wrinkle for the drama between connor and, and boba Mm-hmm. which you don't want to have a woman making a choice in your story just to accelerate the drama between the male characters in your story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the, that's where it really gets messy.
2: Yeah.
1: But do you think this was a violation of the bro code between Boba <laughs> and Connor, <laughs> yeah. Freddie? Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> is Boba is, an- is justified to be mad about this?
0: Let's see. Uh, rule number five of the bro code, never get with another bros girl. <laughs> if if it's an X, you need explicit instruction from the original bro that it is okay. <laughs> mm.
1: But it's all initiated by her. Don't understand, understand bystander.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, it it, it 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 was yeah. I mean there's not much you could do there. It, it is what it is. Like, do you really think you're gonna find like a random half boba somewhere? I mean, kind of if a... that's
1: rule number five, then rule one is never kiss Boba Fett's ex-wife. Am I right? Mm. <laughs> yeah. You could put that yeah. in the the next mm. Utini commercial. Never kiss <laughs> Boba Fett's ex-wife. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, Huge props absolutely. to Boba Fett for not killing it.
2: Yeah. He sees that, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, my thoughts on this is like twofold. One, yeah, I mean, Connor, he wasn't asking for that, you know but he didn't exactly resist much either. So he probably oh, he could did have... not resist at all. Yeah. So like he could have done <laughs> one something. frame. How
1: much is he going to resist in one frame?
2: The body language speaks loud. Okay. Loudly. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's zero resistance there. Um, but also like Boba Fett is almost like too chill about it. The way I was reading that was just like, you kiss my wife. Like, it's kind of a question, you know, and Tara bang of like, you know, you did, I'm telling you, I know that you did, but I'm still like just, just asking a question. So I was a little like, what? That's just weird. You know, it just kind of was startling. Maybe. I don't know. It was interesting.
1: I think it spoke to the bond between the two of them. That Boba had already developed some trust for Connor. He had already earned one free pass, not Mm. like with his wife, but like a free in terms of like, you made one mistake. If you ever make another, I'll, I'll kill you. Right. Yeah. And that's what that's my biggest complaint about this series. I just want more. Mm. I would like Boba Fett. I would like uh, Blood Ties. Boba Fett is dead. Jk. Right. I would like you know (laughs) a a third series. Um. Or Boba Fett is dead for real this time. Or Blood (laughs) Ties. The Sarlacc found them all indigestible. These are great (laughs) ideas.
2: Yeah. Thank
3: you. You you really ought to write this down, like, and send it somewhere. I think that that that, uh, it would get picked up for
2: sure.
1: What we'll do is we'll get uh, Tom Taylor on the podcast. There we go. We'll pitch these things to him. That's good. Is he alive? Does he still exist, Freddie? I actually have no idea.
0: I'm not sure. I don't know that answer.
1: (laughs) So, uh, one way or the other, beyond the grave or not, we're going to make it happen. Now, you did mention Aylin, Boba Fett's daughter. I kind of think she's the star of this series. What do you Mm. think, Emily?
3: I would love to see her with her own series. Can you imagine? The Mm. daughter of Boba Fett and... Was it Senta Vel? Yeah. That would be, that would be, I, I'd be interested in reading that.
1: Emily, are you <laughs> ready for me to drop a huge Legends bomb on you? Oh, okay, do
3: it. Oh no, there is one, isn't there?
1: Well, it's not a comic. Okay. But Ailen Vell is a major character and by major, I mean an ancillary character <laughs> in a future, uh, in a Legends book series. hmm she does well, play a go. prominent role. It's not her last story. and not I was going to say, you'll the, get more yeah, for um, sure. <laughs> not in a what?
3: Well, I started reading one of those books that I got, and it was the, it's one with all oh, the- Oh, Darkness.
1: Books. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would run okay. far, far away. <laughs> and then <laughs> once you've gotten like, there, run farther.
3: <laughs> That's my problem is apparently I just have the garbage books. <laughs> so, like, Legacy of the Force. A...
1: It's Legacy of the Force. In Legacy of Legacy the Force.
3: Legacy of the Force, okay. Okay.
1: Um, which is famously one of Corey's favorite series but okay first you need to read the, the entire thron trilogy he's got one more of those to read you need to read I the do. entire jedi academy trilogy i jedi um the hand of thron duology then the entire new jedi order and those are just the books we're not even counting the comics so mm. in five years oh, okay. Emily, you will be <laughs> yeah don't forget who aelin bell is she does come back around uh, before we wrap up tonight, guys, let's just do a few more of the overarching questions and uh, then we will be done. Freddie, you talked about the artwork. Why is it that Boba Fett lends himself so well to comics as a medium? I, I think that he is just absolutely, maybe Vader in a rivalry with Vader for the very best character. Just perfect yeah. fit for comic books.
0: Yeah, Stormtroopers do really well too. And I'll, I'll leave it to this. Um, Because they are human but non-human looking they are in my opinion easier to Mm. right you don't have to worry about all the details of the face sometimes i mean you have to be honest i'm sure you can agree. there's some comics where the faces are just a little wonky and you're like okay how much did you actually give that effort (laughs) um and and then you know when when it comes to this sort of armor it's just it's just easier to draw but it's also it stands out on the page you've got some lanes, which are unnatural so um it's just very obvious that he is he's just some soldier right like even if you take take yourself back uh when boba fett was first featured even in that artwork um he's something different something intense almost robotic yeah yeah so i'm excited for
1: us to get into more comics as we go just to see how well yeah I think we gotta get Emily to read Dark Empire pretty soon. I mean, <laughs> Boba Fett's got a great role in that one. It it absolutely does. spectacular role. Hot dog Boba Fett to the rescue. Actually, really messes everything up in that story, but we love him anyway. We love him anyway. Uh Freddie, what's your favorite art in this series? Let's go around and we'll start with you. Kick us off. Do you have a favorite panel?
0: I do. Um, Rick, just show any of them and I'll I'll talk about them. Uh so this is definitely one of them. Uh it's it's the jetpack with the the rocket going and just trying to finish the job right there and i thought it was awesome artwork uh just the lighting pops out this one's great too uh <laughs> i love how he's just standing over uh
1: kind of pulling a like master chief there isn't he
0: exactly and that's also one of my favorite favorite one-liners but i always collect <laughs> <laughs> so good uh, and i love this the next almost brothers All enemies it feels like a serial. <laughs> right like one of like uh yeah it does you call it it? Lends
1: um, itself well to that kind of format
0: yeah exactly so we'll we can check another one here um, i like
1: th- there's a good one of the slave one yeah
0: yeah so this one's really, i love this one and this is where you see a lot of a lot of scalf's uh trace work right before he actually starts feeling it in and you can see all the different layers he's put on and um just the way it lays on the background you see that planet right there and it's got a crisp nice solid round edge to it uh placed in front of that that black background uh and you you can't look you can't see it here but there's a lot of very fine trace work going on you can tell he spent quite a bit of time working on it um, zoom
2: in
1: on that freddie i don't i'm not, I'm not sure i even noticed it shot him out so i have to check that out
0: yeah and you could window too how it's you know a bit shaded in you can see like you would he would use his finger to do like the virtual smudge on it as well oh,
1: okay okay
0: yeah uh, pretty interesting artwork uh, definitely one of its. yeah i'm uh, sorry my if i'm taking anybody's
1: <laughs> like my my favorite art is much simpler it's like there's a shot where both aelin and conrad uh that's not right connor
2: connor <laughs> Con- conrad hard conrad time
3: with connor's free. name freedom connor <laughs>
1: Freeman. conrad fett uh, coming to uh used bookstore near you um where, where they both suit up in some mandalorian armor and hers is like uh, gold and his is red mm. so like my art critique is i liked the colorful suits <laughs> it was a it was a good payoff because i didn't see it coming and then i was like oh i should have seen that coming that they're all going to be wearing awesome armor at the end of this thing yeah, but i i also love power rangers so it's kind of like that you got the green one and the red one the gold one uh, how about you guys uh, emily you got a you got a favorite art panel from this
3: I do, but I was lame and I didn't send it to Rick. That's
1: okay. I don't know that it's
3: from... I just thought this one really struck me. It just seems like a really athletic pose for him to be taking. It almost reminded me of like a Greek statue, the way he's kind of standing there with like, he's kind of standing on one hip with his gun up and like the light. If you look at that again,
0: Emily, like his imposing figure, it looks like it's stretching over another panel like it's it's absolutely imposing
1: mm-hmm. yeah, that is cool mm-hmm. oh, that great nice. yeah, how about you love rick shot
2: yeah i'm trying to pull mine up um that was I, good uh,
0: emily Yeah, i want to see well, that thanks.
2: again <laughs> i love I my new tattoo
1: <laughs> that would be a good tattoo
2: i um i love just the way that who's the artist is it you said is it was drew
1: chris oh, chris not even yeah. close
2: not even close okay chris um <laughs> he does a great job with um contrasting colors and like there's pages and pages where like uh he's got these dark blues with the bright oranges yes and uh, yeah, just, that
3: was really nice
2: i love how all of these came out so i don't know if i could pick one um but then when you get the uh the red blaster or laser fire bolts in there too it just it's really cool. So oh, it does uh,
1: stand out if you've gotten used to the other color palette.
2: Yeah, and then then like, look, he'll 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 go from this blue, and then he'll start. You he probably can't tell. Oh, good, I just turned on my camera. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so go from like introducing the blues, and then it gets a little greener. I don't know if you can to- see that, but then the yeah, very yeah. next page just completely changes the color scheme. And so, oh, uh, Rick, um,
0: that is awesome.
2: Yeah, that's so, a great eye.
1: Good difference. You know, cosmic force. Rick's coming for your job.
2: <laughs> Goodness. Yeah, my, my, my twenty comics that I've read.
1: <laughs> now, Rick is also good. Another thing, and that's one-liners. Oh man, and the absolute king of one-liners. Rick, did you have a favorite one-liner from this series? I I could not stop writing them down. I yeah. just there were so many that I loved.
2: Uh, there is a lot of good one. Um, Ailin, the whole you know kissing and space worm thing. How, what did she say? <laughs> um, you'll get space worms kissing. Uh, that <laughs> that was a the kissing. One. It's like a yeah. mom.
1: I caught mom kissing Santa Claus. Thing <laughs> exactly. That yeah, was for great. Santa Claus is Boba Fett. Ooh, no, write that down. Santa Claus Boba Fett. Oh. Life, Life day
2: like gifts or something. Yeah. And she says, uh,
1: she says, you know, you get space worms for kissing, right? <laughs> <laughs> so
2: uh, that's great. Yep. that is
1: a good one. How about you, Freddie You got a favorite?
0: Um, you know, I I really like the uh Gosh, I think it's towards the end of Boba Fett the fourth one when he, or is it the second one? I forget our third, ah, I can't remember, but basically he wants to make his dad happy. And the way he does it is by doing what he did at the end of the book. Right. He, he's given his, his old man, one last, uh, one last, I guess, happy moment. I, I don't know, dedicating it to him or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like that one the most because it, it was, he didn't say many words. It was, I I can't remember even what it was at that, at this point, but it was very simple and that was it. And there was just a lot of moments happening around that, that you could just feel like how he must've felt under the helmet when he was doing all of what he did.
1: (laughs) So more of a meaningful one than a a funny one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How about you, Emily?
3: Um, I can't say that I have a favorite right now because this is my first comic. I'm really just trying to absorb. So like there I'm were a lot. That. And um maybe the I think Django's line about the fear, but like that's not a Boba Fett line. So that's not mm. as cool. No,
1: no, I say the best one line um, the whole of the
2: whole comic. Yeah. Definitely. I that was a pretty was, poignant yeah, moment. That is a good one.
0: It, it was. Is, it's I mean, it, it starts the series. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's true. It's the tone for sure. <laughs> I'm
1: really torn between When Connor says, like, oh, there's a League of Bounty Hunters, that's the worst idea I've ever heard. (laughs) That's a good one. It really got me. And the fact that it's like a recurring joke that kept coming back to it. Somebody's like, a League of Bounty Hunters? And then Connor, who's in handcuffs with a lightsaber to his throat, is like, pretty bad, right? It's pretty (laughs) bad. Yeah. (laughs) And then um, I liked it when, in the end, they said your entire hit squad was taken out by a little girl.
2: Yes, that one was good. It was that very was sharp. Really you know, that was very pointed. And like, I want you to know that your entire squad was taken out by a little girl. <laughs> uh, what do you
0: think, Connor's name is really Connor Fett or Connor Connor Solo? Mm. Or... He's kind of
1: Han Solo. Han. He did count. He struck schlappy. me
3: as that. Yeah.
0: Han Fett.
1: Well, what's fun is in Legends, uh, Boba Fett and Han Solo have quite the rivalry. Mm. So <laughs> yeah. this kind of plays into that some definitely. Mm -hmm. i wonder if it's why boba fett hates han solo so much reminds him of his kid brother am i right (laughs) (laughs) well as we close out i just want to say we do have a big boba fett show coming out in just a few weeks right december 29th is the debut of the book of boba fett we've just read a book about boba fett is there anything you would like to see adapted from the blood ties omnibus into the book of boba fett i think personally i'd kind of like to see Something regarding Boba Fett having like a deep dark secret that's from his past that uh, somebody discovers and he's got to do something about it. However, that's kind of what Hawkeye is about right now. So, yeah, yeah you just kind of re roll it and stick in some Boba Fett armor and it'll work, right? How about you guys?
2: Hmm. <clears throat> I want to um,
3: see how he escapes the Sarlacc. Like, I
1: mean, come on.
2: Yeah. yeah. I it's just don't get
3: that. I'm like, I'm still new. I tried I tried Wikipedia-ing it, and um, it was just overwhelming. There's so much It happens much multiple times
1: in Legends, Emily, multiple okay. times. Mm-hmm. Well, I want both... to see
3: that.
1: <laughs> it cuts to me and my head is in my hands. It's yeah. in both Tales from the Tales of the Bounty Hunters or Tales from Jabba's mm. Palace. It's in one of those. Okay. And it's also in the War of the Bounty Hunters trilogy, the Bounty Hunter Wars trilogy. It's in It's in both of those. Mm. Freddie, correct me if I'm wrong here. Doesn't he get swallowed again and have to escape a second time? If that's <laughs> not the most Legends thing times. you've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that happens.
0: That's funny. I, I think so. Wow. I, I'm trying to go back and think of when he got swallowed again, but it, that's, that's the thing that I, I absolutely would like to see because we all know he went in there. They mm. have to show us how he got out or exactly. they might never do it, right? Yeah. And I, I see that point for sure. But I'd also like some new, new Boba Fett things. I don't even know how to describe it. Just things that I don't know already. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the part that makes me very happy because I feel like I know quite a bit.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I'd, I wouldn't mind if they retconned him again and, and made him a completely different type of character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but well, you're you know, in love like-
1: Freddy. Freddie. It's a new show right around the corner.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's by Disney. So they can do whatever they want. Mm
2: hmm.
1: So see I, I, want some, I want some Legends homages. And here you are like, no, make it new. Keep it fresh. I'm like, no, <laughs> give me nostalgia. Kill
2: the old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how about
1: you? Let the past die. How about you, Rick? And so we close out here. Are Man. you on my side or Freddy's?
2: Um, actually, different route entirely. But I like both of y'all's answers. So whatever happens to me good. But I was thinking more just the tech, you know, wanting to know yeah, more about nice. his weapons. We got to see some with the Mandalorian, like that show and Mando's armor there and his different gadgets but gadgets man show me more about this um crafting that these mandalorians and the are the armor that they have um so something like that you know and this comic was cool showcasing a few of those off but let's be more creative and do some crazy gadgets that'd be fun you know emily in the discord um the spray bottle thing i don't remember how that conversation started but i was thinking about how cool it would be if like boba did have like acid spray you know like that wouldn't surprise me at all if he just had like a gun Mm -hmm. he pulled out that was acid to get through durasteel or something so i want to see or he could change the flamethrower oh yeah that'd be awesome Mm -hmm. that's what i'm talking about stuff like that yeah nice i'm on that i like that or if he gets them yes that would be awesome
1: (laughs) (laughs) best idea i've ever had next to santa claus boba fett is bolt action flamethrowers Yes. And on that note, that does it for this week. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for Legends Look Back. Thanks to our incredible patrons for your support. We uh, love making this show. Glad that you are along for the ride. Special thank you to Cheryl Pill, Patrick Ortiz, Carl Sander, OK, Indar, J.G. Cars on our Jedi High Council, as well as Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Sally and Chris Eilerson, Freddie C, Earl Q and Matt Billington on our Alliance High Command for your amazing support. Special thank you to Rick freddie and emily for podcasting with me we're gonna be back next week with an all new show got a bit of a break coming up after that as i'm relocating studios but we do have some fun bonus content planned for those off weeks we will not leave you legendsless over the holidays don't you worry Uh, Remember, of course, if you are watching this episode or listening in your earbuds, please uh, throw us a review. Give us a like, however it is that you're listening to or watching the show. Uh, Whatever you can do to help us keep the lights on and help other people find the show would be much appreciated. If you'd like your thoughts around the show, you can email us at legendslookback.com at utini.com you can send us a message in the legends look back discord channel you can leave a comment on this episode on youtube or you can find us on twitter at legends look back or at jared q Mays or freddy
2: at wake up Freddie. you
1: can contact rick
2: at rick underscore grace
1: or even emily at darth dayback wonderful if you're looking to buy some of these books such as this brand new all new brand spanking i mean we don't even know how it smells yet freddy i read it read it digitally <laughs> Um, This brand new Boba Fett Blood Ties Omnibus, you can go on over to utini.com, type it in the search bar, go to that new release page, and click the Amazon link in the profile. And you can, of course, have your own copy showing up at your doorstep or your digital doorstep. Whichever doorstep, it still gives us a few cents to help keep the lights on. Remember, everybody, after you've done that, you can let us know what you think and leave us a little review. And in the meantime, regardless of what you think, please keep the Uteni fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom. Until next week, may the Forbes be with you. This
0: is a Utini broadcast.